everybody. My name is Gary Fowler, and it is great to be here another time for an exciting dis edition of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm your host. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've done 17 companies, been involved in two unicorns, was on the original management team at Click Software, sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also EVA.AI, an AI HR tech company that I co-founded with Dr. David Yang. Love artificial intelligence and quantum computing and believe that uh, today we are in a state of infobesity and that we can make a dent in the universe. I'm also the, the CEO and co-founder of GST Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in Santa Clara, California, although moving to Florida. So anyhow, with that, I'd like to introduce my guest, William Dew, a good friend and uh, been on many panels with him. He's an investor, an entrepreneur. He's from uh, Malaysia. And with that, hey, William, how are you doing today? I'm good. Hi, Gary. Good to see you again. Hey, I have a question for you. Ingenious House, is that different than before? I thought there was another name for your company. Or is that? I think, yeah, Ingenious is the company I founded uh, 18 years ago in 2004, early 2004. So the, over time, I have new companies I co-founded uh, in other business. So sometimes even my wife get confused of what I'm doing, right? So, but uh, Ingenious is always uh, my baby, right? So that's, uh, that's what I have been uh, running for the last 18 years. So I got a question for you. How in the world do you go from, you know, uh, Kuala Lumpur to Hertfordshire to school did you do it remotely or did you do it were you actually attending classes for your uh, accounting program at the time unfortunately there's no virtual uh, education yet all right uh, otherwise it would have been different so that was in 1998 1999 then mm -hmm. uh, the 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 asia financial crisis happens all right so what I did is uh, our school is uh, very creative. It's a private uh, college at the time. And they have a program called the 3 plus 0, which I actually finished my accounting degree in Malaysia. But my certificate of uh, or bachelor's uh, in accounting is actually issued by the UK University. All right. Um, but uh, I'm lucky enough to be offered a partial scholarship uh, from the British Council and the university. So I actually went to do my MBA, okay, in year 2000, 99, 2000, in the UK, in Hartford uh, Business School. So I spent a year of uh, good time doing my MBA uh, in England. And of course, uh, I started my career in accounting uh, thereafter. Right. Interesting. And how was it? You know, so you go from Kuala Lumpur to the UK. How was that? How, how did it, uh, how was the business different? in the UK from, you know, I know as you were a student at the time, but um, how was it? Was it different? Was it culturally a lot different? How did it feel? Um, of course, uh, in Asia, we study all the time, all right? So a lot of uh, a lot of classes, a lot of tests, uh, a lot of uh, group work, okay? But uh, MBA is actually quite relaxed. I have uh, classes uh, Wednesday and Thursday, that's what I always remember. And then uh, I started to look for a part-time job. And uh, after a while, I get uh, to actually wash dishes in the basement of Pizza Express. Okay. And the best part of it is, yes. 
I was a security guard when I was doing my uh, undergraduate uh, degree. <laughs> I a, uh, but I, I can't complain because uh, I earn uh, five pounds uh, an hour plus a full pizza, which I can select from the menu. All right. So, yeah. And, and the, the, the price for a full pizza is actually 15 pounds to 22 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I can't complain. Right. So, and by the way, all my co wash dish, uh, uh, dishwashers are uh, doing PhD. Uh, master in something, something, or, or usually sponsored by the government <laughs> of China and all. So I can't complain. It. So I had a good oh, fun doing that. Well, that sounds like it was a good way to get the right kind of food and make a little pocket money. So you go right. from that, you're doing, um, you went to Price Waterhouse, Star Cruises, you know, you really transitioned. How did you go from that time with the PwC doing transfer pricing you know, to doing uh, Ingenious and uh, Agros. How did that, how did you make that the differential and also amazing uh, solar, I believe? I think the, that is a transition between my activities, right? So we, I started uh, as a trainee accountant and uh, that is actually, the, to me, it's very mundane because uh, we, we always look at historical stuff, right? I, I still remember I started my audit training in London, right? So uh i was lucky enough uh, to be rejected by a few hundred uh, accounting firm to end up in a jewish and indian owned accounting firm right right at the uh, ealing which is quite far away from the city of london right but uh they give me good training so i was usually handled uh, a big box of uh, receipts and uh, invoices and all, all in hard copy there's no soft copy at the time mm -hmm. so we have to do work so um i spent about a year in uh, doing audit and uh, and then I start applying for a new job again, right? So I, I applied to Pricewaterhouse Coopers in the London Bridge. I still remember one London Bridge, right? Uh, unfortunately, they sent my- London Bridge? Yes, right, that's the address, right? Can you have a better address than that? That's <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't uh, get employed by the London office, but instead they sent my resume to the KL office, right? Mm -hmm. So I end up back in uh, Kuala Lumpur uh in 2002 okay to start my the job in the uh, private Westall cooper in malaysia instead all right uh i wouldn't say it was a good move i actually regretted that coming back to kl uh, but i think it's a it's a different experience because after audit i get involved in uh tax okay and uh, it's a specialized division called transfer pricing investigation so we do a lot of forensic accounting and also handling the inland revenue service and all. So yep, it's a it's a different experience uh, compared to the audit. Okay, and of course from a small little firm in London, and then we, we end up in a big fight. At the time, they were still Arthur Anderson, right? So it's a totally uh, different uh, kind of working environment. So very systematic, very process driven, and I've, everything is. Uh, Every week I look at the timesheet and I, I start to scratch my head. How do I fill out my timesheet, right? Okay. And of course, uh, I get a, I get a headhunted to join Star Cruise, which at the time was looking uh, for the corporate planning uh, exec. Okay. That's how I learned all my corporate finance uh, uh, stuff, right? So at the time, uh, I'm also involved in uh, structuring the, the financing of two ships. But of course, I'm supporting my immediate boss, right? So... Uh, we raised actually 900 million US to fund new two two uh, two new cruise ship, okay, and uh, that was uh, really a, a, a eye opener for me, okay, 
uh, I was uh, always uh, approached by bankers, not just from Malaysia. I got called from Singapore, US, and Hong Kong. Okay, because uh, the the company that I work with have a big balance sheet. Right, they are the only casino in Malaysia. Right, so they have an uh, unfair advantage. So I get to meet Morgan Stanley, Pitching, HSBC, and all the big names. Right, and every month I get uh, a lot of uh, analyst reports from all these uh, big brokers. Okay, one thing to do interview with my boss. Okay, so that's how I get my exposure in investment banking and uh, and also significantly uh, change my uh, mindset on what I, I want to do in the future. Right, and uh, frankly, before before I actually uh, start my work in Star Cruise, I'm not exposed to the investment banking. Right, if I am if I was exposed to investment banking at the time. I will start applying to all the investment bank in the UK instead of the accounting firm in the UK. So I don't have that uh, particular exposure at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's where I learned why my basic. Uh, William, yeah. why did you regret going back? What was the thing that you said you regretted going back? What made you regret it? All right, first is my, my wages. Okay, in the UK, despite from a small little firm, I actually earn three times more compared to what I get when I joined the PwC in KL, okay. And number two, uh, uh, to be to be frank, my first two weeks uh, in PwC is actually at the income revenue office, photocopying uh, records of a company raided by the the IRS. Okay, so that that goes my first two weeks as. Uh, so that, was, that, that was your first exposure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going into the fire, huh? <laughs> yep, yep. And then I realized that oh, I'm the most junior guy in that department because it's a very specialized department. So I was thrown to the the income tax office to do all the 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 dispatch uh, boys supposed to do. But uh, yep, that trains my patient, right? So that's my first two weeks uh, at work. All right, and also because the the it's a very specialized department, right? So uh, our clients are very uh, usually those who do transfer pricing. You know that like they have all all kinds of uh, creative way of transferring profit around across the region, right? So yeah, it's a very different experience compared to doing uh, small books uh, or bookkeeping plus audit for clients uh, in the in the UK, right? But yeah. But uh, both uh, the jobs gave me strong fundamentals uh, for me to move on to my career. How was life in the UK? Um, life in the UK is actually very uh, fulfilling. Okay, the, like I mentioned, when I took my MBA, I actually worked uh, uh, part-time. Right? And even when I worked full-time in London, uh, I actually worked part-time in the weekend. So I work in the leather shop, uh, selling leather goods, uh, jackets and uh, pants. Okay, so they are looking for uh, a guy to work in the men's department, which is a small corner of the shop because uh, ninety percent of the the, the walk-in customers are all ladies, right? But they still need a guy to serve a guy. So so I was fortunate enough to to join that uh, company called Lakeland, right? Which I still remember. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, it was very fun actually. The the uh, and in fact, uh, the, on my first day, they actually asked, wow, you can speak good English. Where are you from? <laughs> really? That's great. And then did you like selling? Was it fun selling? Yeah, it was really fun because uh, I, I don't have much uh, sales experience back then. 
okay being an accounting the the, the graduate uh, we look at numbers and we look at books right so yeah it's a good experience so i learned a lot of my selling skill uh, standing with uh, all the sales uh, personnel in the in in the, in the shop and i also observe how they how they also all the body language right when customers when they when they see oh this is a bit expensive or or they they look for the color scheme because there's so many different colors in the in the female department especially right mm -hmm. men's are pretty straightforward right uh, black all right uh, brown light brown dark brown yeah. and that's it probably four colors that's it right okay mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 no it's interesting that's cool that's cool okay so so fast forward you know look at some of the things i know you do you're doing a lot in sustainability I know you've got, um, you know, Agritech and, and uh, Smart Farming Solutions, I remember with Agros. So, you know, what's what's happening? What's happening in Malaysia right now? What's happening in terms of, you know, farming 4.0 and sustainability and what kind of things, solar, what's really hot? If you look at the top five things, what are they today that, you know, really get uh, your attention Right, I think the one of the business that I get involved is, is solar. All right, uh, when the when the COVID hits, I'm not sure why and how suddenly there's a, such a big demand for solar. All right, in Malaysia alone, we have probably probably five IPOs already since last year. Okay, mm -hmm. and one of the company that I follow is uh, uh, has probably six times increase of their market cap. All right, the IPO at 150 million ringgit, and uh, before I know, in less than three months, it becomes a billion dollar or billion ringgit dollar company, right? And of course, if uh, if the, the share price uh, come up and down, but it's always I think it's still three four times above the IPO. And average of all the solar companies that went IPO last year has probably is probably trading two three times above the IPO price. Okay, and of course uh, that also contributed by our government's initiative in the green investment right uh, in malaysia we have the green investment tax allowance on top of the normal capital allowance right so you can offset your chargeable income for that right so a lot of big corporates actually want to leverage on that okay to offset against their 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 tax uh, payable and uh, and also the interesting enough is uh, we, we we also want to reduce reliance on the our the traditional coal uh, energy okay so there's a lot of uh, initiatives and also the incentive given by the malaysian government to encourage uh, renewable energy right so we, that that is one hot sector that uh, investors are pouring money in and one of the uh, with uh, we are actually proposing to a big corporate malaysia okay who might uh, support us in a, in a big uh, large scale solar farm okay interesting enough they produce aluminium right so before covid their market cap is 15 billion ringgit so that's about four and a half uh, billion us right just a year later okay the, they are trading at 43 billion ringgit which is about wow. 10 about 10 uh, 11 billion us right so they're still doing the same thing they produce uh, aluminium products okay and so when i managed to have chance to meet up the founder so i asked him you, it took you 30 over years from 0 to 15B, but it took you from uh, one less than a year from 15B to 43B. And this year, they appear number three on the fourth list of Malaysia, right? So it's, a, it's actually a, at the right time, at the right place where they actually, they are 
they are so focused, they are so uh, uh, into this uh, aluminium uh, production, okay, where the, the sudden surge in solar, because uh, aluminium is one of the key components of sol holding solar panel, and also the other components, right? They have such demand and order book over the next five years, right? Is now, that course, why their sales went up so much? So what what would accounted for that incredible increase? That's amazing. Is it because- The demand solar for solar panel worldwide, although they don't produce the solar panel, but every solar panel needs something to hold on, right? And aluminum yes. is actually very strong and light, right? And durable so this is the this is where the they, they gain all the new contracts signed on just over the last uh 12 to 18 months right so and of course uh, urban farming right uh, just two months ago uh probably this is the third time that uh, we have a we uh, in malaysia there's a place called cameron highlands where the temperature is 20-ish mid-20s all right so it's where we actually uh, plant a lot of vegetables all right mm -hmm. and uh, also house one of the most famous uh, uh bow plantation right that produce a uh, high quality tea since the british colonial days all right mm -hmm. so the problem with that is when we have full lockdown okay uh, over the last probably we have probably six rounds of lockdown already i can't i lose count already right and also the weather there's uh, one point of time there's uh, the mudslide, okay, which disrupt the, the traffic and the logistic, okay. So a few times uh, of uh, this disruption in terms of uh, lockdown plus the natural disaster, there's a disruption in the supply of vegetables to the city, mm -hmm. okay. And the result of that, uh, the, the vegetable price over the last uh, four weeks, we can see probably 15 to 20% increase okay in the in the wow. in the vegetable price because of the disruption and uh, and therefore for the last uh, one year we see a lot of uh, urban farming initiatives okay uh, like ours as well we, we started with container farm and now we are building a warehouse farm okay but uh, our construction is actually disrupted by the lockdown um, but we hope that uh, by end of this uh, month so you're in a lockdown right now William so yes. Right. What kind of a lockdown? Because, you know, I'm, I'm in Florida right now and there's nothing happening here right now. Although COVID with this Delta variant for the unvaccinated is going up. What, what, how bad of a lockdown is it now? Is it like before with masks and you're not allowed out of the house or what, how big of an impact is it right now? All right. The, all the schools are closed. All right. Uh, only one, one person from the household are allowed to, to, to go out and buy grocery stuff. Yeah. Right. Wow. And uh, we cannot travel more than ten kilometers from our home, right? And all officers are, are working from home. Okay, so you can see there's no dine dine in allowed. Restaurants are only allowed to do takeaways. So yeah. you can see uh, a lot of restaurants and retailers are closing down. So it has severe impact on the retail industry. All right. Uh, F and B they still can do the takeaway. Right. But if you are selling products and goods, all right, it's basically a full lockdown. You can't even open. Shopping malls are dead, right? So as the, a lot of uh, uh, hotels and hospitality the services as well, right? Wow. So, yeah. so you can see my hair has grown. <laughs> I yeah, have not had... You're going to be a ponytail in the back, so you know? 
<laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. Now it's yeah. uh, you know, and and you know, we're going down through these challenging times. It's not everywhere right now. We came through it in Florida and California. Right. Parts of California it's starting to lock down again. But I mean, this has really helped us understand that we got problems in the supply chain, you know, farming Ford right. out that we better right. get them resolved. You know, William, I just um, I just read this statistic. By the year 2050, we're going to have to double the food supply on the planet Earth. And of course, with 26% of the uh, pollutants in the air caused by uh, livestock, we got to figure a different way to do it. And we better figure that out shortly. And based on what you're saying in Malaysia, I mean, here we are with another potential food problem again, right? Right. The right. supply chain could be disrupted. So, you know, startups that are out there, investors, you know, we need to focus on that. The population of the planet is going to go from 8 billion to 13 billion by the end of the century. Food is critical. Water is critical. We need to go down through and focus on ways to make our planet a much better place and to be able to sustain ourselves. So with that, William, what are you investing in right now? So I know you're, you love sustainability and solar, but what are you in, like right now? What are the hot companies that you're looking at and or invested in? I think the, based on my personal observation, uh, healthcare is uh, one of the sectors that I'm looking at. Okay. And fortunately, we are we're engaged as uh, IPO advisor for a stem cell company based in Kuala Lumpur. And uh, because of the exposure to them, uh, I actually learned a lot uh, about healthcare. Right. And uh, I spoke to a group of doctors and advisors that are in the medical field as well. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of uh, new innovative uh, uh, medical devices and also the and not and also on the skill set right so uh, more and more people are looking at their health well-being okay not just on the physical side and also on the mental side as well right you can see the suicide rate uh, in Malaysia itself has increased we have a few cases over the last few weeks it's really, really the bad to see that because uh, sometimes uh, if, you, if you look at the problem they face in terms of the monetary or financial problem, it's actually very small if you look at that. Okay, but to them, it's their whole world already. They lost yeah. a job and they couldn't get out of it, all right? Um, so, so both uh, physical and mental is very, very important and of course the emotional part of it. So we see a lot of uh, new innovative uh, trends in this uh, healthcare sector, okay, uh, a lot of uh, doctors do house call now because uh, people don't feel comfortable going to clinic sometimes. Oh, right? that's great! It's bringing back the old days. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, exactly, right. So there's a house call uh, now, and of course, if you still want to go to clinic, you you they they actually have a lot of uh, uh, process as well, okay. And if you look at how the the, the psychological part of it, the, the mental health of it, is actually delivered through Zoom, right? You can uh, have a Zoom call with your doctor, your psychologist and all without even the need to leave the, your home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, people delivering yoga, yoga classes uh, online, okay? Some are free, some they just ask you to support. If you want to buy yoga mat, if you want to buy yoga, your attire, you can buy from the link there. So they give the class for free, but they might they make money from selling products okay nutrition plan and all okay i see a lot of coach uh, fitness coach coming up as well right yeah, so no, these I are the new way of delivering 
right? Yeah. I agree with you. And, you know, and, yeah. and this is the future, right? I have a, right after this show, I'm going to be on radio in New York City in uh, about a half an hour or so, actually. But yeah. uh, we're going to be talking directly about that. This digital transformation has dra dramatically impact our lives, all parts of our lives. You know, right. businesses has really sped a lot of things up. And it's made us to look not outside, but inside. You know, what kind of things do we really want? What's important for us? And you're right on target. I mean, um, look at, uh, you know, solar and electric cars and where the right. market's going. We have to do it or we're going to destroy the planet. You know, we're going to, nothing good's going to happen with an increased population and not enough food. And, and uh, you know, temperatures go up, could go up seven degrees Fahrenheit by the end right. of the century. I mean, it's just, you know, you're talking about cataclysmic levels. So, you know, folks out there, startups, entrepreneurs, sustainability is really important. Let's make the world a little bit better place. Places like Africa, where there's incredible talent, 1.3 billion people. Right. You know, let's all work together to make this a, a little bit better and put our own, as Steve Jobs said, would say, uh, had said, a dent in the universe. So it's important. So if you're looking at it uh, today, how do you see, you know, so we're talking about these hydroponic, right, container right. And, and farming. It's critically important because you can do them anywhere in a warehouse, correct? Right. You see, the, like our 3,000 square feet farm that we are building right now, right? we are able to produce three tons a month, okay? And as we scale, uh, our next uh, target is to build a 30,000 square feet farm, right? Every 30,000 square feet is equivalent to 200 acres of land. Wow, right? that's amazing. Yes, and 30,000 square feet uh, will be able to produce one ton a day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so you can imagine that how much uh, uh, land is safe, okay? So we, we, we use... 30,000 square feet instead of 200 acres, all right? And imagine the manpower required to manage that 200 acres compared to a 30,000 square feet, less than an acre, right? And, and don't forget, our vertical farm is actually controlled environment, right? It's air conditioned. We, we have uh, all the SOPs in place. So it's actually a clean room, right? So all our personnel are able to harvest, to plant, to do everything in that 30,000 square feet. Okay, yeah, so, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, gotta, it's gotta happen, William. I mean, this is like right. not rocket scientists, right? It's like, you got a lot more people. Now you've got a lot more buildings that are open, retail, distribution centers because of the pandemic, office buildings, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, so the smart folks are out there, ought to go down through and think about how do we take this space while it's available at the right kind of price and repurpose it for things like uh, hydroponic farming, for things like container farming, and do it sooner than later. The other thing is having that produce next to the consumers in a city like Walla Lumpur, not too far away, dramatically reduces the transportation costs. Of course, and if you look at container farm, we, we, are, not, we are not selling the container farm to the mass market yet, but it, it will be viable uh, for those who want to plant themselves. And uh, you see, the, a container farm is only a forty uh, a, a container, right? It's yeah. a forty container, right? So in a lot of homes in Malaysia, they still have land in their their backyard and all. It's actually if if they want, we can actually uh, install it at, at their homes, right? And one container, they are able to produce two hundred kg of vegetable per month, which is more than enough to feed a family, 
okay and and see the because it's a controlled environment in the in the container itself they can plant multiple multiple crops they can plant herbs they can plant uh, microgreens and all okay depending on what they need okay but as a commercial farm ourselves we produce those vegetables or leafy greens that the market wants all right so so a lot of uh, we have a lot of feedback from our customers they like the taste they like the 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 texture of the vegetable because if you are if you are a vegan or if you have more vegetarian meal compared uh, versus your your meat meat okay you will know the difference by by having the vegetables which is produced by the organically okay and or, or by the commercial farms uh, that use pesticide or herbicide right you can feel from the texture itself yeah right? and, and and uh why is important because food right if you look at plant-based food now a lot of people have been doing a lot of research on plant-based food because livestock is one of the biggest polluter of our earth right you look at the the car the cattle farm the sheep farm and all kind of uh, uh farming method okay the mm -hmm. discharge from the animals actually pollute okay the the environment right so the spending more research on the plant-based food okay that has created new recipes new menu and of course uh enhance uh, nutrition because you know exactly uh what you're going to produce when you are able to select the right plant for to produce the, the plant-based uh, food right so i think that is another trend that a lot of people are going uh, to look at because uh when you're stuck at home you don't exercise that much if you eat too much of red meat and all <laughs> you you need the uh you will stay in your body right okay so you can see there's two ways if those who are health conscious they actually become fitter during the, the pandemic because they exercise they eat better food they take care of themselves right uh, but there's there's another group of people who just stick in front of the tv they eat junk food and <laughs> and consume more unhealthy stuff right so there's two extremes right uh, but what we are seeing from our observation okay those who actually subscribe to our weekly uh supply are those health conscious uh, people who will take care of themselves i think so so healthcare food uh, is where back to basic right right so so and technology is actually enabling all these uh, advancement okay we are able to measure the u and also the roi of uh, every dollar spent uh, in the in the farm now nah, sounds great listen we're coming up to the top of the hour and the closing thoughts and how can people reach you yeah, they can uh, reach me on LinkedIn. Just uh, write, uh, just type in with William Do or Engineer South. They'll be able to reach me, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, from there, all my contacts are there. All right, and of course, they can contact you. Right, you are the man. Yeah, absolutely, just contact <laughs> me. Um, William and I've been uh, on a number yeah. of things around the world uh, over the the uh, pandemic, and it's great to see you today, William. I really yeah. appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, to join my show. Um, for my audience out there, thank you for taking time out of your schedule uh, for GST Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. Stay tuned. Uh, at one o'clock, I will be in New York City on iHeartRadio talking about cryptocurrency with uh, Zen Sam and uh, my good friend Shahal Khan, a serial entrepreneur and investor, and uh, look forward to it. So tune in. One o'clock and a half an hour, we'll be on radio in New York. William, thanks for your time. Stay happy, stay healthy, 
and keep smiling. We're thinking about you. And uh, if you need to contact William, contact me, and I'll be sure to forward your information to him. Take care, yep. everybody. See ya, and um, stay tuned. We'll be right. back. Good idea. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.